Hello, I'm Casey Kalini reporting for Food Navigator Asia, live at Vita Foods Europe 2012 in Geneva, and I'm joined by Lynn Dornblazer, Director of Innovation and Insight at Mintel, to discuss a little more about a new emerging trend of Asia doing business directly with Latin America and bypassing the US and European markets. And Lynn reckons this is a trend set to stay. Well, it used to be that we would see products go from Asia to Europe or Asia to North America. But now what we're seeing instead is we're seeing Asia and Latin America, as you said, working together, importing and exporting products directly with one another as opposed to going through Europe or going through North America. And there are a lot of things going on with that. It can be more advantageous for both parts of those markets to trade with one another in terms of raw materials, in terms of pricing, in terms of tariffs and the ease of importing and exporting. And then there's also a sometimes a bit of a political situation that can be overcome as well. In the U.S. market, for example, U.S. consumers are still very fearful related to food scares, and they associate that quite often with China. But that fear doesn't really exist in Latin America, making Latin America an easier market for China to enter. So we see that that shift being really extraordinary and substantial, and it isn't a shift that's temporary. This is something that is going to be continuing that signals a fundamental change in terms of how countries do business with one another. So what that means for European companies, for North American companies, is it's time now to rethink what your plans are and to rethink your assumptions about where you export, where you import from. So in terms of Asia doing business with Latin America, are there any different strategies that they will have to follow? Well, of course, all the language issues are quite different, but also depending on what market in Latin America, the markets in Latin America are often quite bifurcated, where in many countries you have a small yet extremely powerful part of the population that controls much of the wealth, but a very large part of the population that does not. Now, that may actually work very well for China and other Asian markets who may have more similar structures in their countries. And that spells a lot of potential success for this sort of trading change. And which direction are we seeing business? Is it both ways? It's interesting because it is going both ways. You know, we normally talk about east meets west, but it's also about east meets west meets east. So it does go very much back and forth. And in terms of business, what what are you seeing strongest between these two countries? Some of the activity that we're seeing right now are in some of the basics. So more basic snack-type products, noodle meals showing up in Latin America, for example, which is something that we've seen for kind of a long time, but it's really increasing. Something else that we see as well is in many markets in Latin America, it's very common to have candies that are both sweet and hot. And that kind of flavor profile is something that is not completely foreign to Asian markets. So it becomes a very good back and forth. And is it predominantly finished products or is there a lot of trade in the ingredients and raw materials as well? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Most definitely finished products for consumers, but we are seeing more and more ingredients moving back and forth as well. Thank you very much, Lynn, and thank you for listening to this Food Navigator Asia podcast live from Vita Foods Europe 2012 in Geneva. I'm Casey Kalini.